on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you on a Monday, September 26th, the LA Galaxy getting a 3-2 win over the San Jose Earthquakes at that god-awful Stanford Stadium. Galaxy keeping things rolling, two wins in a row, more points in the bag, and now are very close to clinching a postseason playoff spot. We're going to talk about where those playoff spots could land with the likelihood of those a little bit ahead to even what an MLS Cup playoff bracket looks like. It feels like forever. It's only been since 2019. The Galaxy have actually been paying attention to it. So we'll look a little bit at that. We'll talk about the game and we'll start getting you pointed in the direction of the match against RSL on Fan Appreciation Night. All right. Those are all the fun things we have in store for you today to help me do all that. He's back in the saddle. I think I said that joke last time, so I won't use it this time. He's back. It's Kevin, the Panda Baxter. Kev, how's it going? You just did use it. By the way, you're overconfident. You said where the playoff position could land. Right. We don't know if it's going to land in the playoffs or not. By the way, it looks like you're in a nightclub. Yes, it is. This is yeah. my own nightclub. I have I have done this. That's that's. By the way, I know you showed me all those fancy graphics you got and all the time you spent on your computer today and you, all the possibilities. and Just throw all that away. The Galaxy win Saturday. They're in the playoffs. That's all you need to know. Thank you, folks. Talk yeah. to you again next week. Let's go. That's all That's all there is. That's all there is to talk about. They win. They're in. It doesn't matter if they don't take care of business. That's then it. there's all kinds of possibilities. But just, just – their fate is in their own hands with the Galaxy. Win and they're in. That's all you need to know. I was going to see if this button still works. Okay, there it is. That, I was trying to give it to you for for your thanks for showing up tonight. Let me let me not bury the lead. You're, you're definitely a newspaper writer. You're like, let's make sure we get to the important <laughs> thing up front. Um, let's not drag it out. Let's not tease it a little bit. Let's not get you all the way to the you end. Think, and, you really think anybody doesn't know that by now? You know what? I got asked enough times today that I would think there are some people who don't know that. But yes, very you're, you're very correct. Should the Galaxy win on uh, on Saturday against RSL, they they are in the playoffs. And as a matter of fact, with Seattle playing tomorrow night on Tuesday, it's a game you want to watch. If Seattle doesn't win that game, the Galaxy can probably clinch a playoff spot. And I think we're right, right? The Galaxy can clinch a playoff spot with a draw against RSL. Well, the Galaxy can clinch a playoff spot there are all kinds of permutations as there always are, but it, it is within the realm of likelihood. The galaxy could clinch a playoff spot if they don't win again this season. I mean, it, but the deal is with a team like you only want to, you always want to be in control of your own situation. You don't want to depend on help. You don't want to depend on other results. You want to control what you can control. What the galaxy can control is what they do. And if they win Saturday, they're in the playoffs. There's all kinds of things that come after that, but they have to fail first for all those other scenarios to come into play uh, very good we have a uh, two dollar super chat to start everything off from already from eric eric says thank you josh and kevin clearly he he's a little premature on his thank you he hasn't seen how wildly off the rails this show will end up going oh yeah it's already heading that way that was right and then a five dollar super chat from Flipman. uh in fact you know what it's just sort of a clown posse going on right now in in the in the chat and we'll we'll talk about that but a five dollar super chat from Flipman. Flipman says uh, shout out to chicha's clown down dance at the end of the pitch and then a two dollar super chat from what the who says thanks to those clowns for the much needed three points uh clowns clowning around bringing the clowns circus uh there was a lot of things going on at this uh this game for the la galaxy so let's talk about it a little bit galaxy win three two that score kind of and i'm going to say this very confidently and i know there's lots of people who are going to disagree and say the score is what it is 
the guy, that was a three one game. That was a three one game, and a ping pong ball at the end of the match in the in the fourth minute of stoppage time ended up going across the goal. I very much thought the Galaxy dominated this game way more than I expected them to. Kevin, on Thursday, I said very clearly at the end of the night with Sophie, I said I expect this game to be a three two win for the LA Galaxy. I have to toot my own horn whenever I actually get them right. I said it's going to be a three two win for the LA Galaxy, but I think it's going to be an ugly game. It had moments of ugliness. It was not the prettiest game in some portions, but it was way prettier from the Galaxy side than I expected in what I thought was just going to be a a stingy San Jose side who still thought that they were like going to do something to the LA Galaxy or hurt their playoff hopes. And bottom line is that uh, <laughs> the Galaxy have, have found a way of playing. They have found a formation that fits them. They have found uh, players like Brugman and Pooj who have now given themselves an identity, who have given the LA Galaxy an identity, put themselves into this 4-3-3 with a three-man midfield with Mark Delgado. Um, and all of those things have come together now to give the LA Galaxy a far head and shoulders superior advantage over a team like San Jose. And I think it was obvious from, from basically the start of that game. Yeah, but the bad thing is the Galaxy dominated for the first 70 minutes, clearly, and you, you really don't want to end a game. I don't care if it was a ping-pong ball or whatever. You don't want to end the game giving up the last two goals. It's just no matter what the score is, that's not a way that the way that you want to leave huh. the field. What what I do like about this game, though, is Greg Vanny said very clearly when this game was first postponed in, in June because of the fire and the uh, electrical outage at Stanford, he said, we have a game in hand, but that doesn't mean anything if you don't win that game. It's not an advantage if you don't win the game. And they won the game. And and I, to be honest, I thought they might go up there. I thought San Jose, you know, uh, this was their season playing to sort of disrupt the Galaxy's playoff hopes. I thought they were going to make a better game of it. I expected a draw, uh, which would have allowed Vanny to claim to, to, to claim a little bit of a victory, saying we got at least we got a point. But that's not what they wanted. They wanted to win, and they got that. And what does that do? It sets them up now where they can afford to make a mistake Saturday and still get into the playoffs. Yeah, they, they can. Uh, by the way, $5 super chat from Architecto Verbal says at least San Jose did something right. They put a clown in LAFC colors. I told you it's going to be a clown posse. Like it's going to be all <laughs> the whole, this whole show. Uh, $2 super chat from Paul. Paul says, feel like showing up in a clown suit on Saturday for Saturday's game. It's funny because there's very much this embracing. And if you didn't see the TIFO that San Jose put out at the beginning, they put basically a clown in LAFC colors and they put a clown in LA galaxy colors and i think they said something like um like uh what was the the exact saying it was like you know both teams are from both uh, both teams are from la but they're both clowns or something like that they basically lumped them in together and said they're clowns and chicho when he scored his first goal went over and immediately uh looked at all of the the supporters that were behind the goal and did the clown dance um right right to them and he was asked about it afterwards and he confirmed 100% that when he did scored both of his goals and did the clown dance, both of those, that that was in direct response to the TIFO. And he said, basically, he thanked the supporters for the added motivation, right? So, I mean, that's Chicha being like, I saw what you did. I saw what it is. And now I'm going to go out. I'm going to do something about it. Possibly uh, one of the better games I've seen from Chicharito and probably the last string. And he has like 10 goals in the last 10 games. The guy's been on fire. Speaking of, yeah, and, and you know what? Mukhtar of Nashville is the only player that scored more goals than Chicharito in the last two seasons. He got 34. Um, speaking of clowns, um, the Mexican national team, that's where I was on Saturday. They, they played Peru at the Coliseum. Chicharito, with his two goals in San Jose, outscored the entire Mexican national team, like got one goal. Um, yet he, and, and he has 17 for the season. Uh, he's hotter than anybody on the Mexican national team. Granted, he's playing against MLS competition, but still, he's Mexico's all time leading scorer will not be going to the World Cup. Mexico right now is missing its top three, uh, number nines, its top three center forwards. And Chicharito is not in consideration to go to the World Cup. I, you know what? And at this point, it's sort of like, okay, I mean, you, you make your bet and now you lie in it. I'm not going to sit there and say that you haven't been warned that, that Chicharito has been scoring goals at a pretty good club and you, you could you could take him to, to World Cup. It's not going to hurt anybody's feelings if you do. And if he doesn't play and he just sits on the bench, and you, because you don't need them, then that's great. But if you do need a goal scorer, it, it's interesting looking back at Chicharito, Kevin, because look at his first year and 2020 and the disaster that was, both with pandemic and everything else that was for him. He scored two goals that year, I think. His grandfather died. His grandfather you know, died. He had some some the, personal the family problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At at home, it was a it was an S show of a year for him. And there was questions about whether or not he would be able to be the player that everybody thought he could be in major league soccer and the whole deal. And here's a guy who's now scored in back-to-back -back seasons, 17 goals. So he has 34 goals in the last two seasons and, and two games to go, two games to go. He's matched his total and he's had to work harder this year 
for those totals as well. I pulled up his um, his stats and was sort of looking at some of the stuff that he has. I'm trying to see if I have it. Did I not pull the actual? There it is. Okay, I got it. No problems. Just looking at all my stuff. But if you look at him, 17 goals, two assists right now. He had 17 goals, three assists last year. He played in 21 games um, last year and got those 17 goals and, uh, and three assists. And he had basically 60 shots, 59 shots. This year... Uh, oh, also 1,736 minutes in 2021. You go to 2022, 24. And by the way, we all thought that they were going to have to limit his minutes because he wasn't going to be able to handle it. And here's a guy who has so far weathered the storm with just two two games left. Uh, he's close to 2,500 minutes. Uh, he has 17 goals, two assists on 80 shots. So he's had to take 20 more shots in order to get the same number of goals that he had. And he played, you know, almost 1,000 more minutes uh, whenever you look at it, just to get the same number of goals. He's had to work much, much harder this year. And I think a lot of that is because he wasn't getting a lot of service. And now certainly with Ricky Pouge coming in, uh, you're seeing that service return and, and the different areas that they can sort of exploit. Efrain Alvarez had a great past him as well. You've seen him converting the chances that he's getting now. Well, it, it Pouge coming in, you know, the Galaxy has only lost once since Ricky Pouge uh, got here. Um, in July 4th, as as you mentioned, they, that was the highest they were in the standings all year. They were fourth. Now they're fifth. So not too bad. They've only lost one of the last nine. They've only lost once since Ricky Pouge made his debut. And Chicharito has been so hot over that period. And it's because, as you mentioned, he's not only getting the service, but Ricky Pouge is opening up a lot of things for him. His passing is just so precise and so incredible. Um, I, I think he cl- completed, what was it, 40, 54 out of 55 passes in the San Jose game, he's passing over 80, 95% since he got here in, in all the games that he's played. Um, it, it makes a difference. You know, Chicharito can't bring the ball down and pass to himself. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, I think he's probably tried a couple times, if, uh, if that's the case. Uh, earlier in the season, I think he did, yeah. I, I would like to, if you're going to steal my stat, at least use the correct stat whenever you use it, which is the LA Galaxy haven't been above fifth place since July 4th where they won four to nothing over Montreal. They have been higher previous to that. They were higher previous in the year. They were all the way up to second um, at a couple times early in the season through about the first five or six games. They were in second. They were in third for a little while. They sat in fourth, dropped down to fifth and sixth, and then back up to fifth um, or back up to fourth, excuse me. So on July 17th, they were in fourth place. After that, they dropped off a cliff. Um, And so now this is the highest they've been basically since July 4th. Um, And you can sort of see the uh, on our charts here, the the rapid inclination over the last two or three games of actually winning games and putting points together and doing all the stuff they're doing. Uh, They are starting to climb up that table. And this was it, Kevin. I think you said it. The mythical game in hand came in and they got the three points. And now all of a sudden they are very much in the thick of uh, of the playoff race. But some great performances out of the Galaxy, not just Chicharito, but Gaston Brugman scored another goal. I mean, look at what Ricky Puj and, and Gaston Brugman have done since they've joined the team. I think those are the two big stories. You talked about Puj coming in the Galaxy, not not losing, like, excuse me, only losing once since he came in. Similar to Brugman, where he's he lost fine. twice yeah. with Brugman, yeah. He's been, and Greg Vanny, uh, I think... It, maybe it wasn't this last game because this last game, the Galaxy were in a hurry to get out of town and, and get on the plane and jump. So it was a very quick, short press conference. I think it was the game before um, where I asked Greg, I said, what is it about you finding number sixes that seem to want to score goals? And Greg sort of said, I don't care where he plays as long as he keeps playing the way that he is. Right. Like it doesn't matter if he scores goals or whatever, but that his positioning has been um, outstanding. And I have to agree. He has been absolutely the perfect person to fit into this four, three, three. And that's the thing, Kevin. We're talking now. We know what the Galaxy's preferred preferred uh, setup is. We know it's a 4-3-3. We don't have to argue about it. There's no discussion about it. We know who the top starters for the most part are. Maybe one or two guys you could shift in and out. Costa, by the way, is in the starting lineup in the 4-3-3 over Kevin Cabral. That's a lock-in whenever that goes in. And, and he'll be back for San Jose. He did not get, at least as of right now, yeah. the Disco Duck did not give them give him an extra game. Correct. So he will be back against RSL. You said San Jose, but he missed San Jose and he'll be, uh, be back. But, in but do we know, I mean, could the disciplinary committee still rule <sighs> they, on that? They have him listed as missing one game right now. Basically that okay. the San Jose game. Now, could they still rule? Yes. And they do it all the time where they wait until the week of, and then they give another like game. Um, so I think but, they did. I, I think they've done that to the galaxy in the past. Usually, though, people know now Damian Calhoun put out a tweet last week that basically said it was just a one game suspension. And I didn't have any disco like stuff that hit my inbox. So I imagine that Damian got that from somebody, probably from Greg, uh, whenever he went to training. So I think that we're probably that we're probably okay assuming that that Douglas Costa will be available for RSL. 
Um, I just, 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 I think that's good just because I think if you saw Kevin Cabral play against San Jose, you sort of understand why in the 4 3 3 that you want Douglas Costa there uh, as well. Well, you know, another guy I thought had a good game against San Jose was Mark Delgado. I think he's beginning to figure out where he fits in. I think when Brugman came in and he was the flavor of the day, and then Ricky Pooge and he just sucked all the oxygen out of the, out of the game and and the midfield especially how are we going to play just get out of Ricky Pooja's way he's the he's the star right now I, I think that has settled down and I think Delgado has found where he fits in and I thought he had a really good game and that bodes well going forward too because he's a you know remember the beginning of the season he was the guy and he still has a very important role to play on this team he just needed to figure out what it was yeah well I think it, it simplified his role a little bit although when you look at how that midfield plays and the interchange that happens and Brugman being able to go forward and Delgado being able to cover for him and Delgado playing a little bit further out on the wide right and Pooj playing a little out on the on the far left <laughs> you look at those things and you can see how the interchange happens and where things drop off I mean just look at the goal that the Galaxy scored their second goal that was a trap by Mark Delgado on a counter press they were able to turn the ball over deep into San Jose's zone and then it was just a little flick out to Brugman up the center of the field who took you know one good touch forward on it and then launched another shot that hit the underside of the bar and went in I mean so many times this year Kevin we have asked the questions where the goals going to come from right and we are seeing that the goals are coming from guys like Gaston Brugman uh you know the goals are coming from guys now like Ricky Pooge who is who has put some on frame in there and the goals are coming from you know just places like maybe Grand Sur a little bit more there are more goals in there than just Chicharito but look at Chicharito with two goals in this game he has now you know three goals in the last two games same as Brugman has three goals in the last two games um so all these things seem to be pointing in the right direction I don't I didn't love the Galaxy's defense for the entire night um you know you had uh Casares was was away on international duty I think he's actually provided more stability in that back line than maybe uh we we've given him credit for and so I wouldn't be surprised if he slots back into the starting lineup whenever he comes back um and he should be available for RSL so that's a possibility that something gets there um the, the funny thing is when you look at these stats, two things sort of pop out to me. One is the Galaxy won a game that they had the majority of the possession in again, uh, 55 to 44. All right. And if the Galaxy were smarter, and we'll talk about this here in a second, if the Galaxy were smarter in the, at the ends of second halves, that, that possession number would be even, hard, even higher in my opinion. And then the other thing that pops out is that the LA Galaxy absolutely lost the XG battle. 1.9 for San Jose to 1.4 for LA. The only thing that you can sort of take away from that is let's look at non-PK XG. So you take about 0.7 away uh, and SJ gets 1.2. So basically 1.2 to 1.4 if you take away the penalty kick that that San Jose got. And if that's the case, it's a a 3-1 game uh, and it's a 1.4 to 1.2 on the XG. Galaxy also got outshot in this game. Um, but having said that, got more shots on target, not that many, not like the previous game, um, and, and did some things, uh, for me, the biggest sort of indication that the LA galaxy were in a good shape and a good form against San Jose is this almost perfect diamond looking shape that the galaxy fall into whenever you look at the, the, the average positions and the, uh, the passing network, right? So you look at this sort of sit there. It's very well defined. Everybody has their spacing, even the San Jose commentators, because I was listening, Kevin, to this in, in Colorado. So I had the San Jose, but San Jose was talking about how well the midfield was spaced and how it was spacing everybody else out. And if you look at this chart, you see the spacing, you see that everybody's separated, you see the definition of it. And if you want to see the exact opposite of that, just look at what San Jose had, <laughs> which looks like it looks like a peewee team out there, right? There's people going all over the place, but they don't have definition. And they were trying to come back and do something in the midfield and they couldn't. Um, so again, we try to gauge Kevin, I think sometimes how good this LA Galaxy team is. And so they were playing a really poor San Jose team. Um, and they were able to show that the Galaxy are a much better team than the bottom of these these teams at the bottom of the the conference has been they just haven't been beating the teams that they're supposed to be beating in a while so this is this is almost something new where they found some confidence in beating the bad teams well let's get let's purposely get a little bit ahead of ourselves ask you a question the galaxy again lost one of their last nine there were a lot of draws in there there were points they gave up but the point is they haven't lost one of the last nine and you have to lose to get out of the playoffs. You know, a draw goes to penalty kicks or whatever. Anyway, my point is, since they've been playing with Ricky Pooj and playing so well, they're still developing chemistry, but they're playing better than they have all season. Mm-hmm. And you talked about limiting Chicharito's minutes. He's 34. Let's say they beat San Jose, uh, Real Salt Lake. Let's say they're in the playoffs. 
do you play Chicharito in the heat in Houston in a meaningless game just to keep that chemistry and, 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 you know, and everyone sort of in rhythm and, and, or do you give him a rest and risk kind of messing that up a little bit? My guess is it's not going to be meaningless because I don't think that their position in the playoffs is going to be locked in. And I think that there's going to be a chance that they could move up and possibly even get a home playoff game. Can you imagine, by the way, just like four weeks ago, five weeks ago, talking about a home playoff game? The Galaxy have a chance for that. I'm not saying it's likely. They haven't had a home one since 2016 because the 2019 team played in Minnesota and then LAFC. That is correct. So they were away. But, you know, it was one of those things. I, I almost feel like some of the people who, who whenever the, whenever you have season tickets, they automatically charge you for your... Um, for your postseason games, right? And they're like, we're going to charge you for your postseason games. And a lot of times they take that and they apply it to next year's, um, you know, total being that they don't make the playoffs or basically the whole deal. Well, they're charging it. And all of a sudden people are like, oh man, I may actually have to pay for those games <laughs> if the Galaxy actually get a home game. So they'd have to finish in fourth, Kevin, in order to get a home game. And right now they're in fifth. Well, in order to be guaranteed a home game, they could finish lower and wind up with one. Right, right. That's true. That's true. But all kinds of weird stuff has to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean... So we look at that and say, but yeah, so I think there's going to be something to play for uh, against Houston. I don't know that it, how important it is, and maybe you can decide how important it is whenever you get to that, but they also have to get by RSL. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer that the Galaxy need to do something that they haven't done under Greg Vanny, which is win three games in a row. Uh, and I think that's more important than anything. Here's the, here's the flip side of that, by the way, Kevin. So you win three games in a row. Then you go to Houston, you win that game. So now you've won four games in a row. You're going to win another four games in order to get MLS Cup? Is do you think the Galaxy finished the season by winning eight games in a row? Or? Well, it, that's where Vanny has to step back and say, "Everybody, look, this is a one-game season now. Each game is one game. It's a one-off. You forget what came before. Don't think about what might come after. It's a one-off." Greg Vanny did say he believes the MLS season, and here's a guy with a lot of playoff experience, both as a player and as a coach. He said the the, the season didn't really start until the last ten games. By then, you know if you're in contention or if you're out. If you're out, it doesn't matter. If you're in contention. You want to be really hot those last 10 games. And again, the Galaxy have lost one of their last nine. They've been hot the last 10 games. This is what you want going into the playoffs, just like in baseball with the wildcard teams who always do so well. Why? Because they're playing playoff games down the stretch. The Galaxy have been in that mode a little bit. They've had to win games, and so they are going into the playoffs carrying a ton of momentum. I mean, look at Philadelphia and, and LAFC, who clinched a couple of weeks ago. Um I'm not saying that they've taken their foot off the pedal, but they're not playing stressful, meaningful games like the Galaxy are right now. And I think that'll make a difference. LAFC has to sort of step it up again. Galaxy just have to continue doing what they're doing. Yeah, but it's also, I mean, that goes completely against the odds. I mean, I would almost feel better should the Galaxy beat RSL that they, you know, lose against Houston and they're in the playoffs and they have it, but that they lost and then it resets and it's like, we need to get it together. But they're like, again, as I said, there's a real chance the Galaxy could end up with an actual uh, home field playoff game. So I think that's something to sort of take a look at. Um, didn't we have some percentages on that? We do. I don't know if I wanted to get there yet. I feel like we're brushing. Oh, okay. We're 24 minutes in, and we've like spent more time talking about like the playoffs that the Galaxy aren't in yet. Right? Playoffs. You want to talk about, about playoffs, playoffs? Um, that aren't in yet over the, just the game that has sort of come about, and we have stats and stuff to get there. But we're not going to make it to 60 minutes if you just want to cover all the stuff again. <laughs> I I feel for your wife. Your pacing is horrible. Um, <laughs> So uh, with Chicharito up top, with Grant Sir in there, I, again, I think that you're going to see uh, that this team continues to develop. I thought Julian Araujo played well again. I thought Raheem Edwards did okay. You're not allowed to have a comeback. You just have to let that sit, Kevin. You're not allowed to have a joke that comes back on that one. It just lays out there. Just leave it alone. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's a yellow for you. Yeah, exactly. But no, but I'm, I mean... You know, we're starting to see some of these some of these players really hit their strides. I thought Julian played well. Um, I think he has been playing well. I think we're seeing the Julian Araujo that we sort of expected to see for most of the year that we've seen in the last couple of games. Um, he's played really well. I, I just see a confidence in this team that you haven't seen before. Now, I'm very, very... This is the same team that I do not trust, right? You cannot trust this team to do anything. Um, I think they have a real chance of beating a struggling RSL side next weekend. But at the same time, go ahead and show me what they've done this season whenever they've won two games in a row. And the answer How is, surprised would you be if they didn't, again, talking about the playoffs, if they lost their last two and crashed out? I wouldn't. I mean, it, oh, yeah, you're a little bit surprised because no. it took a lot to do that. No. But this 
Galaxy team seems to be well capable of doing that. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. You know, it's all over. I, I will say this. I think people need to enjoy what is going on right now. And I think there's a lot of people who are like sort of watching through through their fingers right now. Like, I don't want to watch. Like, I don't want to jinx it. I'm afraid to move. I'm afraid to change my underwear. Like, all this stuff. I, I would say... Take a deep breath and relax a little bit. What you're seeing and is... And please change your underwear. And please change your underwear. What you're seeing is a Galaxy team finding itself. And and I think that this is one of the most important things that you could see in this particular case. By the way, Galaxy haven't faced any must-win games. That's the other thing you have to remember about this. They may be taking this one game at a time, but they're, these are not... There has been... While a tremendous amount of pressure because we've talked about them climbing up the standings, we've talked about them putting themselves in positions to be in the driver's seat, which they are. They've done those things. They have not faced the must win. And even against RSL, it's not going to be a must win. And so but that I, that that's, changes. That's the problem. That's the problem. And I, again, I know you want to get back to San Jose game, but since you brought it up, that's the problem. If they lose to San Jose, all of a sudden it is a must win game. The pressure's on. Um, you know, the, the, the collars get a little more tight and that's where I, that's my fear with the galaxy is, is yes, they're capable of losing two in a row, but more to the point, if they lose to real salt, Lake, they're totally capable of going to Houston and, 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 and imploding. You don't, you do not want to make Houston a game that actually matters to keep, to try to get you into the playoffs. You want Houston to be a seeding game. You want to be already it, locked it's in It's at home. It'll be close to capacity. It's fan appreciation. Night. That's a bad, that's, that's a bad thing. The fan appreciation bad, night. Yeah. yeah. But all those things are in the galaxy favor at home. You know, it was something to play for against the team that you're competing against. It's in your own, you know, it's in your own hands. All those things are good for the Galaxy on Saturday. The, the, if they don't win that game, the script completely flips hey, going to Houston. Yeah, then you start to get, then you have to, then you have, you know, you have a puckered butt as you fly over to Houston because now all of a sudden you've been in this situation before playing Houston, needing results, needing things to happen, and you're on the road this time. Like, there's all of these things that you can sit there and say, like this is this this is a this is a problem, and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. So I mean, again, we'll talk about it. They're under a, an amount of pressure, certainly against the RSL game, and for once in what will probably feel like forever. And I still haven't gone and actually done the stat. I'll try to do it for Thursday show. But for once in forever, win a fan appreciation night. Win the last game that you have in front of your home fans in the regular season because. There's some things that people I don't think are taking into account that the game against RSL could be a lot of lasts, like the last time you watched Chicharito play in an LA Galaxy jersey in the stadium. Um, the likelihood is the Galaxy probably don't get a home game, right? So it, they're likely going to be on the road. So maybe the last time you see Chicharito, maybe the last time, let's say the LA Galaxy decide to wear the community kit. It may be the last time you see the LA Galaxy wear the community kit uh, in person. Right. I don't know that they're going to. I would if I was them, but they don't listen to me. So that's fine. Right. There's, there's could be the last time you see Julian Rojo. Could be the last time you see Julian Rojo. F. Ryan Alvarez. It could be the last time you see Kevin Cabral. It could be the last time you see Douglas Costa. All of these things are are while we may not put an importance on them, the players are thinking that. Some fans are thinking that, right? There is an added pressure. They talked about, you know, the U.S. just just lost to to Japan, right? That two nothing game. Um, they looked rather listless. And Greg Berhalter said, "This is a young team getting ready to play in their first World Cup. There are nerves. There are outside influences. With the Galaxy, there are nerves. There are outside influences going on right now. There is a tremendous amount of pressure. So." taking care of that pressure, which they've been doing over the last couple of games and something they haven't done under Greg Vanny really, really well um, over his tenure is they are taking care of business when they're under pressure. And so I imagine that the RSL game, if this is a good team, which I believe it is, if this is a good team, will sharpen that um, and well, sharpen yeah. that focus. And I know you're going to talk about RSL on Thursday, but you know, they've won one time in the last seven games, one time in their last eight games, if you count, the league's cup match with Atlas, which I'm sure they were thrilled to have to play in the middle of all this fixture crunch at the end of the season. Um, they're winless in their last four. I mean, this is a team that is really, really scuffling. Um, by the way, I, I have kind of flipped my thinking on Chicharito and he's going into his option year, uh, which the galaxy have to pick up. Chicharito has no say the galaxy pick it up. He's got to come back. Um, I, I really want to see, I mean, I know he's going to be 35 by the end of next season. I kind of want him to come back now. I, I thought the Galaxy could really use that designated player spot. Um, I would not be surprised to see some action on Cabral, maybe even Costa, to free up a DP spot, buy out the contract, loan those guys out, whatever. Um, 
I kind of want to see Chicharito come back next year. I think he's he's proven that he is uh, that he's probably deserves to come back. And I'd like to see him in a full season with Ricky Pooj. Yeah, I think there's some of that. I do agree with you. I, I agree. This is what I will agree with. One is um, I don't want to be the person who has to make that decision. Uh, I don't like. I don't think that there's a right answer for it. And I think you're going to get criticized either way. Um, I think that there's probably a real. In my mind, there was no chance that uh, that Chicharito was coming back. Uh, and now I think that he's made that an extremely difficult decision to make. So I think kudos to him for showing up and, and doing that, Kevin. I think that that's been uh, maybe an underplayed or an underlooked at, you know, sort of um, theme that's been going on through these last probably 10 or 12 games. And, and you know what? The, the the guy who has to make that decision, and, and we uh, um, rightly, I think, give Chris Klein and, and Johan a lot of crap on this show because – you know the team has been struggling, but but we've both been very upfront a, a lot at saying we're not qualified to make those decisions. We don't want to make those decisions. They're tough decisions. Um, that's why sometimes they don't always get them right. But in this case, my point is, it, it, they have to make that decision shortly after the end of the season. There is a deadline for when you decide to pick up uh, contract options. You can't just can't wait. And if we when we saw it with Douglas Costa, the Galaxy signed him very late. They were already in in training camp when right. they signed him. So you can't if you're saying look. We're not going to sign Chicharito because there's another player out there as a DP that we want. It took them into February to get Douglas Costa. Are you going to let Chicharito go and then not sign anybody to replace him? I mean, that would be worse than signing him and, and maybe not getting you know a, a great season out of him. I, I think it's a gamble worth taking, although this offseason is going to be a lot different than most others. It's a World Cup year. It's a World Cup year in the winter. I think you're going to see a lot of players become available um, uh, you know, through loans or out of, out of contract or released or whatever. Once the World Cup is over, I think there will be a lot of movement. Perhaps the Galaxy will want to have a free DP to go uh, get involved in that marketplace. And Chicharito may be the easiest way to do that. Uh, we'll see. It, it, like you said, it is a tough decision, but I think he's he's the w- way he's played lately. And if you can envision a full season with Ricky Puj, I think probably – uh, a decision the Galaxy, you know, are, are going to think long and hard about. And I think it's probably Chicharito, in my mind, is, is, has played himself into another year. Yeah, I wouldn't have said this two months ago. Yeah, which is the problem, is that you're very much using recency to, to make that decision. Now, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you that with 17 goals and matching what he did, and basically he still has two games to score, I think he's going to score three more goals. So I think he's going to get to 20, right? That's a, an incredibly good um, good year for him. I, I was looking at just his numbers from this year and trying to sort of compare him to Jovalich and where Jovalich has sort of fallen and where he goes because there's a lot of people, I think, who assume that Jovalich is ready to start next year, is ready to be a starter. Um, I disagree with that. I don't think that that's going to happen. And I think that even if they do get rid of Chicharito, that they're going to bring in another name. And I would argue that I think that they probably already have a name and they already have somebody who they think that is going to be the person. I don't think that they go into that saying, I don't know who we're going to sign, Kevin. I think that they will be very upfront about the fact that as soon as the World Cup is over, they will announce a new signing. And they may have already made that decision just based off of some of the things we've seen, certainly with Luis Luis Suarez. I mean, if that's the case, it seems like that deal is already done, right? Because basically it's like as soon as the World Cup is over, you're coming and the whole deal. Now, maybe he has to make it to the World Cup without getting injured or anything else. But it, to me, it feels like that. But I also think that that means that people who are assuming the day on is just going to start next year, I think that you're you're mistaken. And I don't think at least based certainly on the last two games, let's base everything on the last two games, right? But based on the last two games that the galaxy are going to play with two forwards up top. I see it as a four, three, three. And I think Greg Vanny likes to play in the four, three, three. And I don't think that's changing. So um, that's, that's so for me, it's hard. And I think the other argument is people are saying you get rid of Chicharito a year too early, not a year too late. Um, well, and, and well that, you know, that that's always been the way general managers in other sports have talked about it. The, the thing to do is trade a guy a year too early, have him get one good year as opposed to signing him long term and have him go south. But that chart up there again, that was really interesting. You know, if he if he uh, comes through on what you said he'll do and get gets three goals, he's in the top five all time single season for the Galaxy. Yeah, isn't that, um, isn't that that's crazy? Pretty amazing. Yeah. Landon Donovan, Robbie Keane um, both had 20 goal seasons. And when you look at what Chicharito is doing, if you take away Zlatan and what Zlatan did, you're talking about a guy in Chicharito who will have an all time single season basically in the top 10. He's probably already in the top 10 scoring 17 goals. 
Um, yeah, it's it's we have been shifted because of what Zlatan did with his 30 goals. But even that, so so remember when we said uh, Chicharito is not Zlatan and you can never be him. So are you telling me that would would you have taken Kevin uh, at the beginning? Would you say, okay, so Zlatan scored 30 goals in a season. How about we give Chicha 10 goals less? Would you have been like, that would be a great replacement for Zlatan? Everybody would take that. Everybody. Yeah, I mean, you know, Zlatan was, that was the non-human division. You have to set his records aside. I mean, that that was just ridiculous. Um, the rest of the human race is competing for some of those other records with Robbie Keane and Hurtado and those guys. Right, yeah, it does. Carlos it does. Ruiz. It does sort of uh, feel like that. When we look at uh, the points needed, we've been we've been keeping track on the chart. This chart, Kevin, I told you whenever we uh, we got together tonight, I said this chart has turned a lot more green than I expected it to. Right. So we we mark all the wins or every time the galaxy get points in green. Um, and so basically with the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 14, I really love that you screw the cap on your water right next to the microphone. That's my that's everybody really people listening in with earphones are going to be particularly thrilled with you. I just, just let me know just whenever you're ready. Hold on. We're going to stop here for a second. Just whenever you want to learn podcast etiquette, we will go ahead and do it. I mean, how many shows have you done? Two or 300? <laughs> like yeah, something like that. Something like that. You think that eventually you would be like, wow, you know, <laughs> this is how I know you never listen to the shows is because if you listen to one show, you would be like, I am the noisiest podcaster in the history yeah, I, of podcasters. I fixed the chair. The chair was not the problem. Well, actually that it chair makes, so that chair still yeah. makes noise. I, but it's the, the armrest right here. Your see? armrest, your water bottle, you drinking, like everything you do is caught on microphone and you think that nobody can hear it. It's just, it's crazy to me. I'm glad you have a very striker mentality. You're like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Everybody likes me anyway. It's like well, it, next week it'll be different. All the noises will be in Spanish. So <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> that was, that was a, a translation, a Spanish translation joke. That was, I thought that was good. Um, so uh, anyway, so you're looking at the at, at, at the chart. So there are what? I think we put 14 games, the last 14. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, so the last 14 games. I didn't expect to see this much green whenever we started this, right? We started against Atlanta, and we said, okay, the Galaxy got three points out of that one, and they got some green. But look at that. Points against Atlanta, Vancouver, Seattle, New England, Toronto, Sporting Kansas City, Nashville. Vancouver was the, was the one that threw us all for a loop there. But then points now against Colorado and San Jose. The Galaxy... I've done an amazing job now sitting at 46 points. And by the way, if we switch over real quick to this chart, Kevin, we can see that at this point last year, the LA Galaxy were exactly at 46 points. They were in the same exact position. So we play 32 games and 32 and 32. You look at them from the different sides and the Galaxy are now at 46 points. In 2019, they had 51 points at this point um, in the season and ended up making the playoffs and and won their first playoff game and then uh, went to uh, Bank California Stadium where they lost. Um, but you can see that, you know, this team is starting to round out and could actually end up in a position that that takes them beyond the 48 points. So target was 48 points. Galaxy have 46, just two points remaining. Six available points now out of the final two games and another three points probably clinches it for the L.A. Galaxy. In fact, it does. Uh, it clinches it for the L.A. Galaxy. So uh, they could be in the playoffs uh, after the RSL game should they win it. Um, which would be well, an not one. really. Three points might not do it if Seattle wins out. That's right. Well, if oh, Seattle has to win out, yeah, I guess they could win out, right? Yeah, because they had nine, they had three games, so they had nine points. They're at thirty-nine now. They could finish with forty-eight. Yeah, but but what happens if they if both teams finish with? I guess the Galaxy can't win at four. No, if they get three, they can't they can't get there, can they? They can't get there. Yeah. Look look at look at your. Uh, Look oh no, Seattle, Seattle! Seattle! The best Seattle could do is forty-eight. You're right. Yeah, it's the so best thing. Forty-nine like, would get the Galaxy yes. there. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Th- that's again where it goes back to just win the Real Salt Lake game, and you don't have to do any math, yeah. which is a bad thing to do. I, I, w- I would always agree. Now, five thirty-eight, who we've been keeping track of, has the LA Galaxy's chances of making the playoffs now at ninety-four percent. Basically, uh, it is the second highest in the Western Conference that isn't Nashville that's at 99%. Uh, It goes LA Galaxy at 94%, uh, Portland at 74%. Uh, If we look at Minnesota at 84% for a chance to make it in, RSL at a 32% chance of making the playoffs right now. So that's it. But it breaks it down even more, and Hammer was nice enough to tweet it at me, so that way I didn't have to look it up, so I want to 
wanted to share this with everybody. If you look at these percentages, I will go over the percentages. The Galaxy have a 12% chance of finishing in 7th, an 18% chance finishing in 6th, 27% chance of finishing in 5th, 29% chance of finishing in 4th, and 8% chance of finishing in 3rd. If you just take the two, 4th and 5th, that's almost 60%, Kevin, 60% chance that the Galaxy finished fourth or fifth. That's the bulk of your uh, of your bell curve there. That's the more likely places. And it's more fourth than even fifth, which is an interesting And fourth one. gets you a home playoff game. It does. It starts you at home, and you could stay there. It, technically, you could stay out there throughout the Western Conference you, you, playoffs. You might be able to. Now, we also, because we love getting way ahead of ourselves, we wanted to just sort of see what this MLS— This is so stupid. <laughs> what this MLS Cup uh, you know, uh, bracket looks like. Um, and so basically, we know, and the only teams right now that we know— um, are sort of locked into that on the uh, on the chart right now. Is LAFC has that that first round by, and they'll finish in first in the Western Conference. Nobody can catch them. That being said, should LAFC win, uh, or excuse me, should uh, should the Galaxy get a fourth or a fifth and advance, they would play LAFC in the conference semifinals. So the fourth and, and fifth, this is so stupid. That first place team, the buy, they should play the lowest remaining seed. They should play the the seventh or sixth place team. You know who the lowest remaining seed. They shouldn't. I, I don't know why they did this. I don't know why they decided that the first place team is going to play. Theoretically, it could be the second or third best team. Uh, you know, from the rest of the playoffs, from the rest of the field, they should always play the lowest seed. I, I just I've never seen a playoff format like this. It's strange, and I keep questioning it, like if it's actually going to work. Because basically, what's going to happen is that uh, three and six play each other, and two and seven play each other, and so then the winners of three six play the winners of two seven. So, if all the high seeds, the highest seeds, win, Kevin, uh, you're looking at you know three versus two, which is why they didn't want one to, I guess, to fall in there. But at the same time, uh, it feels like so if six or seven. Uh, advance and six plays seven in that other you know conference semifinal, then it would be um, it you would have a a one four five matchup. Meanwhile, six and seven are playing each other down the bottom. Yeah, it's it gets goofy and it gets way too goofy for me. I don't like it. it, it when you first showed me that, my first thought was, oh well, they they need to do that for travel and TV purposes. They need to tell the networks, look, you're going to have LAFC against. Well, no, that doesn't make any sense because it's still either or. They're still saying you will play one of these two teams. Why not say, say they're going to play the lowest remaining seed? It's the same difference. Mm, don't look at me. I think it's stupid. I question that. Somebody put it in the Discord, and I was like, wait a minute. So the the one plays four from five? That doesn't... It should make sense should all the high seeds win, but at the same time, you get a six and a seven winning, and then all of a sudden, now it makes no sense. Um, it, it, when, when Bruce Arena was still here, it seemed as if the playoff format was changing every year, and it seemed that way because it was changing every year. Sometimes there was two leg playoffs, sometimes there was one leg playoffs. Um, uh, sometimes the MLS Cup was at a neutral site, and and Bruce's thing always was: look, if you play 34 games in a season and you finish first, you need to get something for that. And just saying, oh, you're going to start the playoffs at home was not enough. Yeah. And this kind of harkens back to that: oh, you had a great season, you're 34 and 0. You get a first round buy, and then you get to play the the next best team that's still alive. No, no, no. You play the worst team. You you that, those teams. You have to the lowest teams have to go through you to advance. Well, to be fair, Bruce might not be in the playoffs this year, so he probably can't complain. No, about first that. time ever yeah. in a full season. He he missed the playoffs with two thousand eight Galaxy, but he only came in in August. Right. Um. He's never missed the playoffs in a full season. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, let's go to this other thing I've sort of been keeping track of. I wanted to sort of point out the Galaxy now with their designated players. Uh, their designated players, who uh, Chicha and, and Costa and Cabral have played, a combined 62.2% of the total available minutes. So total available minutes is 8,640. They've played 5,374, which gives you 62.2%. Kevin, 62%. Where would you think that lands? Whenever you compare them to 2021, 2020, 2019, or 2018, 62 percent. I'm going to say it's probably not too bad because Jonathan missed a lot of games, and and before that, Ramon Alessandrini missed a lot of games. I went back and I pulled the the stats that I kept for from 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021. So, in but remember, Pavone never missed, didn't miss a minute. No, he Zlatan didn't. played a lot. Yeah, but Zlatan was a TAM player for one of those years too, so he wasn't oh, a DP, yes. so he doesn't actually count in it. Although we added him and Ola Kamara in on one chart to sort of say this is how much the real guys got minutes for. But we're we're just going talking about DPS. Um, 
if they stopped right now, the LA Galaxy at 62.2% total available minutes, uh, they would be just under 2021 where they got 62.9% of the total, basically the same um, right now. But I actually expect that it should improve a little bit, um, but it'll depend on how many minutes Cabral plays. And I think that's going to be limited time whenever you look at what's going to be happening over the next two games. You know, Cabral's time has really fallen. And and, and I'm not I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I'm just observing because at the beginning of the season, he was actually, you know, one of the top guys in terms of minutes and starts and everything. Yeah, he, he, he was. Uh, 62.9% in 2021, 57.9% in 2020, 59.2% in 2019, and in 2018, 50.7. So just in the last four years, that's how the LA Galaxy designated players have sort of stacked up in terms of their total available minutes. You, you know, I'd love to go back, and I know you can't do this right now, but um, that seems low to me. It seems like your DPs, the guys you're paying a lot of money to, should should get more. I'd love to look at the Robbie Keane, Landon Donovan, David Beckham years. I bet you it was closer above eighty percent. Yeah, it, it probably was. The other thing that would really be helpful, which I don't have time to do, and would it would take a tremendous amount of effort, is to see how does that compare with the rest of the league, right? Like, is yeah. everybody only getting like seventy percent out of their designated players, or you get you know where where does that fall whenever you look at the total available minutes? So I think things took a turn for the Galaxy when Geo became a. Uh, came in as a designated player that first year he played a lot but after that and then Gerard came in and then all of a sudden we started to accept yeah you, you know 55 60 percent of the minutes was a good total in 2016 wasn't there a uh, a playoff game that was started with Robbie Keane and Steven Gerard on the bench I believe I yeah believe the last was. one in, yeah. in the last one in Colorado oh good times good times um the other thing that we sort of keep track of and just like to sort of pay attention to uh with the designated players is their cost per game their cost per goal their cost per minute right so chicharito leads the team in, in cost per minute he's been costing the la galaxy two thousand one hundred sixty four dollars per minute uh cost at seventeen hundred and forty one dollars per minute and right now uh kevin cabral at nine hundred and six dollars per minute what a what a deal uh if we look at the uh the cost per game chicha basically right now at two hundred thousand dollars per game uh, Douglas costs out $120,000 per game and Kevin Cabral at $53,226 per game. Uh, the cost per goal is where it gets more fun and more interesting. Chicharito right now at $311,000 and some change there, Kevin, uh, almost 500. So $311,500 per goal. That's how much it costs, uh, his salary per goal. Douglas Costa is at $735,000 per goal. And Kevin Cabral right now with his one goal is $1.5 million per goal. So, well, you know that, Time per minute for Chicharito that comes out to one hundred and thirty one thousand forty dollars an hour. That's pretty good. If you get that. That's not too bad, right? I mean, it's a good rate sheet. You know, whenever you put that down, and we just it's, it's not a bad way to uh, to sort of uh, go through. How life, do you put right? that on the resume when he goes for his next job? It's, you know, expected salary one hundred thirty one thousand dollars an hour. That's, I think that's great. That's very good. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see some of the other stats and, and charts that I wanted to go through. Uh, the LA Galaxy right now have matched their total away points from last season. So they're at 19. The Galaxy had 19 last season. They had 19 this year. It is the uh, basically it's tied for the highest since uh, that 2018, I believe, 2018, 2019, 2018. Yeah, 2018, uh, where they had 20 points and the Galaxy with a win against Houston could take that all the way to 22 points. And they haven't had 22 points on the road since, oh, I don't know, 2014 or so, Kevin. So it's a it's a significant uh, deal in terms of their away points. Should they win in Houston, they would sort of be, you know, moving the bar a little bit on some of these things. We look at the home points. Galaxy have one chance to sort of outdo their their 29 points they got last year. I guarantee you, Kevin, they can't have 29 points. So they can either get three and get 30 points or one and get 28 points. So we'll sort of see where that sits and where that lands. But the LA Galaxy is sort of uh, very much uh, an average year. Um, in fact, a little bit below average in terms of points at home. I think the Galaxy would, would agree with that as well. Uh, whenever we look you at know, it. A, a draw, a draw does not kill the Galaxy, by the way. It, no. it would give them that, that would force Real Salt Lake to win their final game at home against Portland, I believe. And then the Galaxy, uh, you know, and the Galaxy would have to lose in Houston. So, uh, you know, a tie doesn't kill them. Uh, but but the, a win takes away any any possibility of the Galaxy not making the playoffs. And then the Houston game becomes simply a matter of seeding. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Gary gave us a $5 super chat and says, uh, since he was mentioned, is reacquiring Pavone that far-fetched of an idea or is that blemish on him much No, I've been thinking a lot about that. Yeah. No, I don't think it is. I think that from what Greg Vanny told me earlier this year, the level of comfort and, and adulation uh, for Pavone around the front office with everybody. I mean, it seemed like the way he told the story from everybody from the janitors and the secretaries to 
the, you know, uh, Chris Klein and Jovan Karowski, everybody loved Pavone. Yeah. Um, and I think that if his legal problems are taken care of down there, I think they would love to have him back. Um, is, is, he comes back at a reduced rate now. I mean, he hasn't, uh, you know, he's a different player now. But, yeah, could you imagine the way that he and, and, and uh, you know, would, would, could set Chicharito up and, and then with Ricky Pooj? Wow. Yeah. That would be quite – maybe – the problem is maybe there's not enough balls to pass around. But There is. Um, there's plenty. There's plenty. You don't – nobody needs to have it. I mean, I would imagine that perhaps Chicharito goes away and you get Pavone and then maybe you go out and you find, you know, a high TAM sort of striker that can sort of fit in there if you think you're going to get all those. Or Pavone comes in for somebody like Kevin Cabral where they move Kevin Cabral and they move some other pieces around that can sort of – I don't – as of right now, I would find it very hard to believe Kevin Cabral is on this lineup in, in 2023. Um, that just well, – I, I know where his contract leader is, but – you know, if if you're going to go with the four three three, what if you have Chicharito in the middle and and Costa on one side and and Pavon on the other side? I mean, so I don't hate that, right? It's it's one of those that you sit there and say it's not horrible, but that's based a lot on trusting Douglas Costa to be you know ready for 34 games next season. I don't know if you can do that either. So there's lots of decisions to make in the off season. I'm glad we're not in the off season yet. We can we don't have to talk about those um, as it goes. So. Um, one of the other things I want to pull up is just the points per month and where the LA Galaxy sit with that. Um, they're 1.6 points per game in September, tied them basically with uh, with August. And if we throw out February, which only had one game, right? And we look at uh, April, which is their best month, and they had five games in April, and they had a 2.0 points per game. The 1.6 is the second best or tied for the second best month that they've had. So the Galaxy only losing one game in August and then now only losing one game in, in September, you're talking about the run that they needed to go on. And it's basically in this August and September. And I remember predicting some of these games, Kevin, and we were looking at it saying, well, who are the galaxy going to beat? Because they weren't good enough to do um, some of these things. So now sitting at 1.44 points per game in total, the galaxy have just two games in October. And here's that October schedule, just in case you have been living under a rock LA galaxy host real salt lake 7 30 PM. This game on spectrum Sportsnet and LA galaxy.com. Uh, the perhaps, Perhaps the last home uh, broadcast for Joe Titino and Kobe Jones um, and Nikki Kay and the whole Spectrum crew, it's definitely going to be the last home broadcast just in terms of that entity because they're not coming back as that. But whether or not Joe Titino and Kobe Jones have a role with the, with the uh, organization, which I have said I imagine they will be, but you still have to sort of hold your breath uh, whenever nothing has been announced in terms of them sort of holding over, so... Yeah, I'm I'm hearing that they're probably going to have some sort of role. I don't know what that would be. I would imagine that that Joe would, would certainly have a role, maybe on radio or or some other place. I don't know if Kobe would. You know, Kobe is kind of a bigger personality. Uh, he may have some options elsewhere. He's done some stuff with Fox and others. Um, you know, maybe he would be um, enticed to go elsewhere. I don't know about Triple P whether whether she'll be back. Um, the Apple TV deal is very interesting from the league perspective. I was talking to some people with the league today and and there will be there's supposed to be an announcement tomorrow about the start of the 2023 season the galaxy's first game um and everyone i talked to about that um included in the conversation this game will be on apple tv and all the games will be on apple tv and we're going to do all this stuff on apple tv and it's like whoa whoa i just want to know where the game's going to be played and what time i really don't want to watch it on tv i'm talking about going to it um but this Apple TV thing, um, I, I predict that we are going to be really tired of hearing about Apple TV by Christmas. It's just going to be rammed down our throat. And I don't know if that's coming from Apple, if that's coming from MLS, if they really need – this is such a high-profile deal that they made that everybody needs to make sure it pays off on all sides. But just the amount of, of, of hype going into this Apple TV deal, um, we don't even know like, – again, we don't even know who you know what's going to happen to the broadcasters. I think that's the first question especially for for Galaxy fans, because our broadcast team is so good. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things. So, I mean, I, for one, welcome our new overlords, Apple, for, for MLS games, because I know where I will watch every single game next year. And that's amazing. Just in that. Oh, like, sp- yes. Speaking of Apple. Yes. Our other friends at Apple, Ted Lasso. Uh-huh. Uh, we still do not still do not know when the premiere of season three will be. I'm hearing it's being pushed into 2023 now mm-hmm. because uh, – uh, I don't know how much of this you know. I don't think we talked about it before. Jason Sudeikis became showrunner this year, and he ordered a lot of rewrites to scripts. They wanted to, to do some filming at Stanford Bridge. 
Um, that was delayed because of the Abramovich deal with the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine and the sale, and they, they couldn't. There was no one they could talk to to negotiate. They really wanted to go to Stanford Bridge. They didn't start production until March, which was much later than they had the first two seasons. So that's hung up. We don't know when Ted Lasso will debut, but it sounds like 2023. But the good news is, on Friday, FIFA 2023, uh, FIFA 23 drops, and to, and, and Richmond AFC will be in there. Yeah, I know. I was I was one of our uh, Discord users, SA Galaxy on a Discord. Um, he has uh, Brendan has been playing the 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 pre version, the pre release because they do like a like an early release, and so it's out there. And he was posting some Richmond AFC. Um, uh, stuff on there so it was, it was so so can richmond play the galaxy yes did you have roy Kent like like attacking julian araujo yeah 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 you have and jamie tart jamie tart like i saw one where it's like jamie yeah. tart you know gets the ball it's yeah you could absolutely have that all so yeah it's there um so the galaxy could play amc richmond that would be awesome yes absolutely so we'll see uh we'll see if it goes um let's see i'm trying to see if there's anything else that i sort of want to touch on before we sort we wrap this up um I think we talked a little bit and we've certainly been talking about the standings and, and where everything goes, but just again, to sort of give you the perspective, the LA galaxy uh, with 46 points, uh, they hold the tiebreaker over Portland, which is why they're above them. Uh, they're currently above Minnesota. Who's in seventh. They're above RSL who will be trying to win that game in order to get to 46 points. Uh, when they do, they we'll will put still those be, what was that? I'm sorry. I didn't even catch up. Put the standings back up there again, because I, you, you kind of gloss over something really quick. I think we need to explain the first tiebreaker in MLS. I think unlike any first division team in the league in the world, maybe it's not goal differential. Um, it's not head to head. It is total number of victories. Um, that's the first tiebreaker. So the galaxy actually are looking pretty well, uh, pretty good with the, the teams around them in terms of total wins, which again is the first tiebreaker, and that's why the Galaxy didn't advance last year. It's total wins um, if you're tied on points. Uh, NWSL, for example, they they go goal differential first, and then it's total wins. So um, in in MLS, when you're looking at that, two teams tied on points, it's total victories, not goal differential. Yeah, and and so uh, that's something we see right there. And I I hear that the the stream is sort of lagging. It's probably a local internet uh, issue, which wouldn't surprise me. So I'm sure it'll eventually catch up, hopefully, uh, and we'll get it there. Um, yeah. So, it, you know, I think that when you look at where the standings are, where the galaxy are and how they hold the tiebreakers, the, their plus five goal differential is not horrible. Um, it's not minus no, 17 like Vancouver. Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Vancouver, not- Vancouver can still catch the galaxy on wins and on points. Correct. But that goal differential, they have to make up 22 points or 22 goals in the goal differential. Yeah. Yeah. That's it just, you know, uh, call me call me strange, but I just don't think that's going to happen in two games. Well, I, I think that's one of the reasons that, that Vancouver will be, I think, eliminated. If the Galaxy win or even if there's some other results that Vancouver could be re- eliminated as it goes, they're going to come out with all the scenarios for clinching and all those things. We'll have those for you on Thursday. So that way we can make sure we get the official like league sort of sponsored one. But Kevin got it right at the very beginning of the show. If you tuned in five minutes in, you know 100%. Um, that uh, that it is all it has always been about the galaxy winning and being in and being done with that. Uh, right now, Colorado got eliminated. I should point out the galaxy winning uh, did eliminate Colorado, so that was something that that happened um, and is now done. So Colorado is gone, Kansas City is gone, Houston is gone, and San Jose. There are three teams: Seattle, Vancouver, and RSL who are below the line trying to get above the line. Uh, and I think there are teams like Portland who are above the line right now and who will not be above the line whenever that closes out. It's going to be, somebody's going to jump up. Um, I don't know who it you is. You think yet. so? Who? Who do you think it's going to be? I don't know. Um, I think the galaxy will be safe with whoever jumps up. I don't think the galaxy are going to be affected by it. Cause I do expect that they're going to play pretty well against RSL. So I don't think that's going to be a thing. I still think Seattle can, can get into this and it certainly depends on what they do on Tuesday night. I'm watching that game. Yeah. It's at Seattle. Um, and it's against FC Cincinnati. And by the way, FC Cincinnati playing some great soccer. Um, they've been on a tear and they are currently in a playoff position, unlike Seattle. So 45 points for FC Cincinnati sitting in sixth spot right now. And they are three points clear of Miami. Um, so this game could bolt them into uh, fifth place. Bolt them into fifth, fifth place should they win against Seattle. Um, even a draw, though, I think hurts Seattle's chances of getting. I think Seattle might be one of the teams who could be eliminated whenever it comes down. So, yeah, they they almost have to win out. And I have to admit, uh, I'm kind of cheering for Seattle for a number of reasons. I like Seattle. I like the team. I like the people on the team. I like Brand Smitzer a lot and, and Garth Langway. But I also like the streak. It's just kind of cool. You know, teams never miss failed to miss uh, make the playoffs. Yeah, I kind of don't want to see that end. I understand. I get it. 
Um, we look at the LA Galaxy and what they have done. And again, let's me pull up this chart, which is a little bit better. This is scored first or second, right? Uh, by the way, there's only one game, and it was the Chicago game where nobody scored. It was 0-0, so that one is out. S- scored first or second? You have to, if you don't score first, you score second. That is, score. that is, that's usually the way it goes. However, if you, nobody scores, then the answer is none. So there's only one yellow mark <laughs> on this because nobody scored first. Um, which means nobody scored second either. Uh, so if you remember look at that game, it was horrible. That was a horrible game. It was not a good game. It's really windy and cold. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I was going to be, we'll see. Uh, by the way, Raphael gave us a $5 super chat says great podcast as always. You aren't in danger of being replaced by some random Apple guys, right? I don't know. Probably Kevin, maybe we can oh, finally get our bio. Ooh. Maybe it's time for our bio. I we'll never, sell the I, show, right? Gosh, I never thought of that. Yeah, maybe like they buy the podcast and then they put Triple P and Kobe over here. I will sell this podcast for a million dollars. I'm I'm not I'm not crazy, right? I know what my worth is. I think a million dollars is pretty good. I, I will do that, and I will make sure that nobody else gets any money. So just giving Apple a, a heads up on that. It wouldn't give Kevin any money. Um, uh, you hammer. know, uh, you know, Chicharito could make that in eight hours and then buy this for a million dollars. If Chicho wants, if Chicho wants to buy this, I will give him a discount. He can buy it for two million dollars. Uh. I, I, I know that sounded like it was more money, but I'll spread it out over more years. Um, so anyway, if you look at the Galaxy and when they've scored first, only twice, um, basically in their last. Let's see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Only twice in their last nine game have they sc- scored second um, in there. In one of those games, they got a draw. So that's still uh, pretty good uh, in terms of how they've been playing. So again, you want to know why the Galaxy have been so good over these last you know 14 games that we watched them? It's that. Why? Tell it's me that. why. Because they're scoring first. Okay. It's, it's stupid, but that's, that's absolutely... Uh, the reason it sounds so pedestrian to whenever you say it, Hey, if you score first and it said so much around the league, if you watch some other games, they're like, Oh, well, Cincinnati has a really good record when they score first. Like most teams have a good record when they score first. It's just, some are more, but, but what, okay. What, yes. Ed, educate me. Mm-hmm. Tell me why the galaxy have that success. Is it a sense of once they score first, they, they bunker down. Is it a sense once they score first, they put with confidence. Do they change the way they play? Why is it when they score first, they are so so successful? I would say most of the time this year, them not them scoring first has meant that they didn't have to control the game and they didn't have the players to control the game. Um, and I think now with, with Brugman there and, and Puj there, they control the game much better. So when you look at them scoring first, yes, they're scoring first now, but they're also controlling games. They're also dictating the outcome of games. San Jose game was a perfect example of that it's three, nothing in the, you know, 70 something minute galaxy were in total cruise control for that. Again, I think people can be upset that, um, that the galaxy gave up two goals in the, in that second half. And certainly Kevin, I think you make a case for the fact that like maybe the galaxy are worried. The galaxy aren't worried about that. They don't, it does not matter that second goal. It was one goal. They gave up the second goal is a ping pong goal that it could go in. It could go out. I don't think you're really going to be that stressed about it. And bottom line, it's in the fourth minute of stoppage time. It's not like San Jose was in danger of scoring a third goal. They couldn't, they barely got the second goal in before the game was over. Um, so for me, I, I don't, I, it's a worry. It's a wor- but it's been a worry the whole year. This is not something that's going to like throw them off or cause them to have any panic attacks. I have another take on that. I, I think one of the reasons the Galaxy struggled, and, and, and I think it's changed. One of the reasons the Galaxy struggled early when they fell behind is because I think it was Sasha Kleston, and I think Victor Vazquez also said the same thing. It was a young team, and when they fell behind, they began to panic, and they began to, to create mistakes, and they began to, to, to try to force things. And then they wound up giving up more goals. They, rather than chasing the game, they wound up giving the game back. Um, you don't see that anymore. I, I think uh, Brugman and, and Ricky Pooj have changed that. And as an example, I'll offer the, the Nashville game, which they scored, they tied the game in the, the Pooj penalty kick in the 99th minute. But they were not panicking at any point in that game. They were pushing forward. I think they were pushing forward with confidence. I think they were playing as if they knew they were going to tie the game. And sure, it was a miraculous a series of events that led, you know, a VAR review and everything else that led to the tie goal. But that Galaxy team looked different than Galaxy teams when they fell behind in June and July. Um, so, I, yeah, I think the numbers look really good, but I think the reason the numbers look good is because when they scored first, they weren't chasing the game and they didn't panic. Yeah. Yeah, it very well could be. So anyway, I think we'll probably wrap it up there. I know we're having some some internet stuff that is coming in and out, and I can certainly see it on my side as well. And God only knows 
uh, what is going on uh, because apparently nothing else is on. In yeah, the, you didn't blame it on me this time. Gen- it, you yeah, know, generally, you it's the heat wave. Me. Maybe the heat wave this time. Maybe the heat wave is stressing out some of the uh, some of the internet, uh, you know, uh, relay stations that type of thing. It definitely could be something. But we'll end it. LA Galaxy getting a three. Maybe we've been win. hacked. But we've been hacked I, I by somebody. I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. Um, All right. Yeah. So anyway, so that's where we're at right now. And whether or not we survive here for the rest of this podcast is certainly up in the air. Uh, but if you missed any of this, hopefully you're now listening to it on the podcast stuff, uh, certainly, because uh, it's always there for you. Uh, Kevin, anything else that you want to get to before we get out of here? No, we got to run because we're messed up. We, we absolutely got to run because we're messed up. I, I agree with you 100%. Never more, more true words spoken. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. Please head on over to LATimes.com for all of his wonderful writing covering the world of soccer around the world, certainly here in Southern California, uh, and certainly be uh, pointed at him whenever the World Cup comes around here very, very soon. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S, man and of course at galaxy podcast go ahead and head on over to corner of the galaxy.com uh, where you can find all of our wonderful stuff hope you enjoyed the win i hope you enjoy the rest of the week we'll be back on thursdays we get you ready for rsl as they come to la to take on the galaxy in what could be a playoff clinching game there for the galaxy all right for mr kevin the panda baxter i'm josh pato guessman you've been listening to you've been watching maybe not that well Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. And we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.